Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the beautiful Mind Game podcast with myself, Millie Chandarana, and of course, Hams from Friday Night Counterattack. How are you today, Hams? Oh, I'm, I'm, I've always been better. I've been better. I had that random text from the government saying you've been in contact with someone with COVID. So we've now realized why I've been feeling down these last couple of days. But I haven't got COVID. I'm negative, fortunately, which is okay. It's all good. I watched that Marvel Plus show, Moon Knight, yesterday as well. It wasn't as great as I thought it would be, but I, I like watching Oscar Isaac. He's a very good actor. But no, feeling good, feeling better now we're on the podcast. And I'm looking forward to the guest that you brought on today, Millie, because this is someone that you've been hyping up to me in terms of she's a really good footballer. She speaks multiple languages and she's also studied in different, um, in different subjects as well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing who we've got on this week's podcast, Millie. Who have we got? Yeah, definitely. And also, can I just say that our next guest will not know what we're talking about, about the text from the government. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I don't think it happens over there. I'm not sure, but I don't think so. But in, in anyway. Italy, they have more restrictions and they actually care about their, their citizens, unlike they the do, United Kingdom do. as well. So they actually care about their citizens a lot in, in they Italy do, as well, indeed. definitely. So our next guest, as you just said, is from Italy. She is half Italian, half American. And she plays in the Italian Syria. She's a footballer, um, got a great CV, played in places like Napoli, in Roma, even in the US, I believe. Um, so without further ado, our next guest is Livia Caparelli. Great pronunciation, Hi right? <laughs> Hi, guys. Thank you guys for having me. Of course, of course. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. Have you had training today? Yeah, we had training about a couple hours ago, yeah. Nice. And you've just told me that it's actually raining over in Napoli. I thought it was sunny all the time. No, it's it's a weird weather this year. It's, it goes from being the sunny, like summer just got here, to literally pouring down on us while we were training. Yeah. So. Sounds like Manchester. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually sunny in Manchester today for once. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Brilliant. Crazy times. Yeah. So um, I'm dying to know a little bit more about you. Um, tell us, like I've just said, you've got a brilliant CV. Like you've been to so many places with, with your football. You are half Italian, you are half American. Tell us a little bit about where you kind of got into football to begin with. How did it start for you? By the way, when well, she mentioned CV, this isn't a job interview or anything like that. We <laughs> just learned a bit more about you. So don't feel like we're... That's what I say. Yeah, just, just making it easier for Livia. Just making it easier for her as well. Thank you. Thank you and so also, much. <laughs> and also, is it football or soccer for you as well, being half American as well? Oh, yeah. I was going to call it soccer, but I... No way. It's okay. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. No, Thank it's good. Have. I understand you. You're good. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um... That's that's a really cool question, actually, because uh, um, in Italy, it's definitely not normal, not uh, popular for girls to play soccer. Oh. So um, it was so weird when my mom kind of forced me to play soccer because uh, she was uh, she wanted me to play to be in sports. And uh, I was super shy kid. And uh, but the, it, the only team like around the block from my house was an old boys team. And she was like, oh, that's OK. You can play with the guy, the boys. And I was like, no, I can't. Because <laughs> everyone just kept saying, you know, like when you're like six or seven, everybody's like girls do this and boys do that. And I guess I kind of ate all of that up. Yeah. Um, but so my, was that in Italy? Yeah. 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 In Rome, in Rome. And is your mom American or is she Italian? 
No, my mom's American and my dad's right. Italian. But cool. the funny thing is, yeah, my mom thought it was okay and normal for me to play soccer. And my dad, uh, I guess he was great too, because he pointed out that, I mean, he's like, but you can run just like that kid, can't you? And I was like, yeah, well, you can jump like that one, can't you? Yeah. And he's like, okay, then I guess you can play soccer. And I was like, okay, nice. let's go. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's that was a very weird experience because uh, you're the only, literally the only girl playing soccer until I, I was like 14 was probably the first time I saw another girl play soccer. Like no the way. only footage I've, I had about of other female players was uh Bennett like Beckham was my favorite movie. Oh my God. That's the only time I'd ever seen another girl play, which was really weird. Don't get Millie, don't get, don't get no. Millie started on Bennett like Beckham. We could be here for another hour. <laughs> Don't get me on Ben like that. That is insane that you've just said that, though. Honestly, it is insane. I have to get it in. It was the 20th anniversary of Bend It Like Beckham. Oh, really? Crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was. Listen to this, Every, Olivia. Listen to this. Everyone in um, England was so hyped about it, this 20 years of Bend It Like Beckham. And they're, honestly, the amount of girls that I spoke to that said, I only saw her play. And it's a film. Like, She was the only person that girls had wow. to look at. So when, that's not just singular to Italy then. That's no, like, to get a comfort. Yeah, okay. comfort M- Millie's not hyping up in, in the right way here, Olivia. So basically, she was on BBC News. She was on the World Service News as well, promoting the 20th anniversary of Ben like Beckham. And she was getting uh, comments from around the world, from Australia, from in Europe, from the USA, from England as well, because she was... Um, just talking about it with the director, with another football coach who's a woman as well. So she was just learning about a bit more about how a lot of people can relate to that film as well. But Millie, you've been a bit too generous for yourself there as well. I thought you'd <laughs> hyped up a bit more. No, Hans, I mean, uh, yeah. And now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I had to embarrass you. I had to get it out there. I know. That's the truth. That no, is the honestly, truth. Honestly, that, that's insane that you just said that about Bend It Like Beckham. I, yeah. can't, believe, I can't believe that in Italy it was that big as well yeah. it just shows you doesn't it yeah literally it was I mean I think that was especially you know that 10 since you're an expert I guess that 10 second footage that uh Kira Knightley shows Jess of like the NWSL where they yes. actually play it's like yeah. 10 seconds I, l- I would watch that on repeat because that was really? like the only glimpse I had of like women actually playing soccer like professionally I didn't know that could that was a thing, you know, I just... That's insane. Yeah. To be honest, that's the only way we knew as well in England. That's the only way we knew to go to America. That was probably, literally, the film helped me realize, oh yeah, you can play professionally, but you have to do it in America. But yeah. now you can do it in now, England, yeah. you can do it in Italy. As of next year, you can do it yeah, really as of next professionally year, you in really Italy. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. And you were 14 when you went to your first girls team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't even that good, honestly. But I, I just felt like so overwhelmed of having actual teammates I could share a locker room with. And just we'd all had the same experience. And I all, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wait, it wasn't just me then all this time, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's brilliant. So when you were 14, how did you kind of switch into that? Because you're professional now. How did you switch into that? professionalism you you are now yeah well um I think when I was around like seven or eight some this club had scouted me but I went to go on a trial and uh the girls that I that were there weren't like up to level so I said I'd rather play with boys and then when I I stopped when I was 12 because I got 
I don't know if it's sort of fell out of love with soccer, but I think it was more like social pressure. All the other girls, like nobody played and I was the only one. And I was with boys who were older than me and I kind of, I would get embarrassed and I was super shy. So I then, I just stopped and no one even said anything about it. Probably they thought it was like natural for girls to stop playing once, you know, you become a woman. Yeah. But I just couldn't stop. Like the year passed and I stopped and I couldn't stop thinking about it. So I called that club that called me when I was like eight to see if they had a team for me. And they did. And I went into that. And then that just kind of led on to everything. It was a Serie C, which is the third league of Italy. And then I kind of progressed from there. And now I'm here. So <laughs> It's great. It's really good to see that you've kind of progressed through like, through the ranks, through the levels. And now you're competing in Serie A, the highest level. Yeah, I literally would have never believed it. Yeah, unbelievable to me too. <laughs> How's it? I know you was in Napoli last year. I think we played against it. We must have played against yes, it. Yes, you were in San Marino. If I, yeah. yeah. How, did how you guys did fight? Did you guys fight on the pitch? I need to no, I, I don't think we have uh, intersecting positions, but no, I was I against so. this girl. She was on fire and we, we just ran up and down the whole game. Yeah. It was Muya. I don't know if you, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's, yeah, she plays in England now. Yeah, she's is she English or no? She's English. Know. Yeah, she plays in the same league as I am. Small okay. world, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Olivia, can you just break it down for us as well? Like, what position do you play? How long have you been playing professional football in Italy as well? And just so we're understanding of what kind of player you kind of play like as well, just so we can uh, grasp that from our point of view as well. Okay. Yeah. Um. I'm a right back usually, okay. but more like anything that goes along the side of the field is okay for me. Um, and, uh, well, I've, I mean, yeah, I started when I was 14, but I've only played in, uh, Serie B like my whole life, which is the second league. Yeah. And, uh, I only got to Serie A the last year with Napoli and, uh, we got saved, uh, from, reg- from relegation that year. So that was super, um, emotional for us. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know what more to say about my career. It doesn't seem as fascinating as you guys make it out to be. <laughs> it is, to be fair, because it's like, you, I want to know about how you kind of have to gear yourself up because you said before you had a lack of inspiration in terms of you didn't really have many female footballers that you could look up to when you were younger as well. So what's kind of driven you from overcoming that social pressure like we were just talking about before? Not many girls were playing in your area, most playing with the boys, but you felt embarrassed. How did you get forward and how did you continue kind of playing um, more for yourself or did you have any external factors that you wanted to really focus on to get you yeah. to that next step, really? I think that's a super interesting question because I actually was thinking about this the other day and I thought to myself how actually the fact that I didn't have any inspiration growing up and I'm, it just made me more competitive, but like with myself. Yeah. So I had no one to like be like, or I had nowhere to get to. I don't know if that makes sense. Definitely. So all I could do was try to be better than I was the day before. But that didn't really, like, it never had any, it, well, on the downside, it didn't have any, like, standards to which to improve on. I don't know if yeah. that makes sense. But on the upside, I mean, I had no limits because it was just myself, you know, every day. So I, I didn't know what I could do and what I couldn't do. And uh, so that's, that's kind of hard to do, though, to, to get to my, to my level. I think I lost a lot of time, I think, not having inspiration, not having people who could 
who thought I could do it, like I could play in Serie A because before the girls I met, no boys ever thought I could. Not because they, they didn't think of me, but just we didn't know there was a league or anything. So oh. I think that's the huge, you know, obstacle for girls in general, like not having someone who says, you know, I did it, so you can do it too. Absolutely. No, because I'm just kind of wondering how it is now only just a professional league in Serie A from next season as well. So it's just in terms of how you've had to develop yourself going further as well. And I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that you've, um, you also studied uh, finance, was it as well? And was it international um, it's affairs? International affairs and economics and finance. Oh, okay. So were you also studying at the same time as playing football as well, Olivia? Olivia. Uh, yeah, of course, because it was never an option to not to. I mean, uh, not to develop your other life parallelly to your soccer career was insane. It's, yeah. It is insane today, too, because, uh, as I said, there isn't anywhere to get to. It's not like... My career is promising, so maybe tomorrow I'll be like a superstar and not have to, you know, like my male players. There's nowhere to get to. And so if, uh, of course, I always studied. And I mean, I did that with, like, I enjoyed studying and it wasn't a, but of course it, it is a draining kind of double life that Definitely. takes a lot out of you. But I mean, yeah, I wouldn't change it, but... Millie, you can kind of relate to that as well, because obviously you've been playing the whole season back in England for the first time, but you've also been working as well. So is there anything you can kind of relate to in what Olivia was just saying there? Definitely. And honestly, I had a question for you about like the importance of having something else. Like it's a difficult life to be like a dual career athlete. So you either work and play or you study and play. It's difficult. you like, there's a lot going on. But I was going to ask you, do you think it's important that you kind of need something as a hobby to do on the side to take your mind away from the times you're not on the pitch, you're not training. Is that something that's important for you? Well, I think, yes, apart from the like practical matters of like actually, you know, paving the way to your life. So where you don't, even if you stop soccer, you still have a job or anything of that. I mm-hmm. think in general, having, having hobbies like and developing them along alongside your soccer, it, it just helps so much in what you're doing on the field because um I mean I always think that like when you're studying or when you're learning something like an instrument or you're um reading or anything it just sets up these mechanisms inside you where you like you understand the feeling of learning I don't know if that makes sense and you you know what it means to be open-minded to what you're doing so if you're learning something you feel how it feels to do it correctly and just being able to learn so many things differently from from soccer, and then they apply so much on the field where to the point where you're trying to do like a cross or shoot, and the one time you get it right, you know that feeling of learning and you know how it feels, and you can replicate that. So I think I don't know if that made sense to anybody except me, but um, it's like this learning pattern that it's so important not to just focus on soccer because it kind of loses points of reference if you don't do anything else on the side I don't know. It's, it's more that satisfaction of learning basically as well I think that's what you're trying to tell us uh, yeah. Olivia in terms of you can learn in different ways but the fact that you actually found found a way to get it done or to learn about it that's what I think you're trying to say so I, I definitely understood it from your point of view as well because it's, it's not just relatable to football it's relatable to studying it's relatable to everyday life relatable yeah. to social circumstances as well so no, definitely got definitely understood that from my point of view as well, Olivia. Are there any hobbies you have, Olivia, that kind of you like doing, you have interests in, other than football, other than studying? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I mentioned um, instruments. I've been playing the piano since I was uh, six or seven. And I developed, like, I started learning other things, like, musically, like guitar. And I played drums for a while. Um, I think that's a big hobby of mine. I bring my guitar when I travel with soccer, like, when I move cities. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, I read. I like to take pictures of stuff and, I don't know, all sorts of things, I guess. (laughs) What camera do you have? Or do you just use your phone? Oh, no, no, I use my phone. Not yet at that point. (laughs) Okay. No, I thought you had, like, a... A separate camera that would be quite cool. No, I'm you thinking have a camera. Camera. <laughs> well, like four different cameras. Yeah, yeah. Cameraman. You saw that? She saw them, Olivia. She saw them literally. I like, did. When, I did. I remember yeah. now. I did. I did. Oh, okay. okay. That one. <laughs> we, we were recording an in-person podcast, and she saw me like picking, picking, like, bringing out my camera bag of all my cameras and my GoPros oh, okay. and stands so. and stuff. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed taking photographs as much as the next person, which is good fun. But now, Olivia, I just wanted to know a bit more about how you understand football and how you want to get forward in football as well, because the season's not as long as a male season. Um, in Italy, if I can remember correctly. There's not as many competitions in there as well. But with the off-season coming up now, and uh, Millie can probably uh, chime in on this as well, how do you look forward to kind of just improving yourself? Maybe you start 1% more. Do you reflect a lot on your game? Do you have people that can analyse your game as well in in your team as well? How do you look to push forward over the the next couple of months during the summer? Well, um, every year I think I kind of focus, like during the year, I focus on something specific that I think the last year, the year before I hadn't done properly. So that can be a technical like matter or um, it can also be more like in spirit and like like how I think about soccer. And uh, well, this year was kind of hard because I had a couple injuries the first few months. And so I was completely out of the game. And then... um, it was just hard getting back in with the team and it was really hard year for me. But, um, so like I would look forward through the summer to think back on like how many times, like how much of, uh, um, I don't know how to explain this, how much I, if I wasted any opportunity to like be calm and mindful about what I was doing day to day. And instead I'm one of those people who is constantly, constantly thinking about like past and future. And Oh my God, like, there's only five games left and I haven't and I'm injured and you know, so I, I definitely need to focus on being mindful of the moment and like, you know, calm. Well, yeah. Always <laughs> being self-critical in that way as well. I, I'd yeah. imagine because again, you always want to do better than yesterday. That's what you told us earlier as yeah, well. Exactly. So it's just one of those things that over the summer, you won't have any games to really play. It's just again, being in your own space, being in mm-hmm. your own mental space as well and understanding how you can, grow yourself further better for next season as well because Millie told me that you were on uh, loan to a team this season was that correct uh no no, no I'm I'm my own person I don't explain uh, I don't know how to say it in English you, you're not on loan to another team no, 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 no. it's my my own contracted to the club yeah my own contracted. contract yeah. that's okay because with the uh, club as well I just wanted to know in terms of how your coaches how the staff there really help you prepare for games how they get you into the right frame of mind and how you kind of see that. Do you take a lot of their knowledge on? Are you a visual learner? Are you more of a kinetic learner? When you see things, you're able to learn things straight away. How do you tend to learn and develop over the season? Well, um, you know what? Actually, that's that question raises a lot of points that I wanted to talk about because 
Um, we talked about how before, like we didn't have any inspiration, like there's no one to look up to. And so that, that kind of has leaves like a void of like learning material from which I can take. So anybody, I think any of the soccer players who made it to this day, who are like, who had this same experience of not having somebody to teach them, I think they had to steal like information wherever they could. And so I think that maybe in this time in Italy, at least, perhaps like like coaches and everything that's going around us isn't as prepared or qualified as they could be in like a okay. top tire league. So I think that sometimes it makes sense to think how, like where you can steal information and I think like, and knowledge about how to play. So for me, like a hundred percent of what I learn on the field comes from like my teammates. If they do something that I like, Oh, wow. I, that's great. Like I could do that too. Or like, side coaches or anything like wherever I can, but there's never like one source of uh, learning and uh, teaching. So I think that's one of the things like female soccer, at least in Italy could definitely improve because there's not that one source. And we always have to be so concentrated, so focused to learn from everything around us rather than actually having someone teaching us. Can you relate to that Millie as well? I was just going to say, I guess for me on that, I think that having loads of different people to learn from, you can kind of take little things from everyone. That's what I do. I kind of take a little bit from everyone and just try and learn where I can because not one person is going to give you everything. Do you know what I mean? And I think you're right about, to say it bluntly, I think that Italy is a little bit behind in terms of like progress with football, with professional football. I think they are a couple of years behind. Yeah, definitely with female like yeah. football rather than yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah so what would the gold standard be for female football the usa the united kingdom france what would kind of well, be i think every country standard? has their own like way of playing so i mean like the u.s way of playing for female soccer is working so well right now because they are very like physical you know and they train so much and compared to any other country there's they've been training so hard for so long and mm-hmm. uh that makes completely like the difference today. But I think in general, like any country should reach the golden standard of the male counterpart. So like for Italy, we're really good with like uh, tactics and everything like that. But like the female soccer has such a lack of that at this moment. And so it's not living up to the actual potential because there's just for like quality, I guess, of work today, not to downplay anybody's work, but it's just like, We've only been working for, what, 20 years? So obviously it has so much way to go still. I think that it's really, it's great to see how far Italy's come. I came three years ago. So, I mean, the progress in three years is incredible. I think Juventus made a team, I think it was like four or five years ago, right? Yes, Something like uh, that. five years ago, five years, yeah. Five years ago. Crazy, they, they got to the quarterfinals of Champions League, like crazy. It's, unbelievable and like they're amazing players like they're a great who is the best team you've come up against well um the team in San Marino last season (laughs) was it San Marino (laughs) (laughs) no I won't make you answer that (laughs) no I mean I think yes the top the top clubs in Italy like all of them I mean Juve Juventus uh, and uh, Roma Sassuolo like Milan all of them but the the Unfor- like unfortunately the the discriminating factor is the quality of like 
their structures and how they train and the people around them, the doctors, whatever not, like whatever is needed to play. And it's, and obviously they get the best, the best pick right now of the girls too, like in Italy. Yeah. But I think, yeah, that makes so much a difference how, like, cause I don't think to begin with five years ago, there was some, there was not this big of difference between the actual players. Like there were, they were on the same kind of level. And to see that five years playing in Juve has made, I don't know, like uh, Boatin, the girl that she is now, the player she is now is yeah. incredible because she was really good to begin with, but now she's like excellent. She scores almost every game as a left back. Like that's insane. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, the quality of the work has made such a difference. And I don't think all of the teams have followed through in that, but yeah. I guess there's, I mean, someone's paved the way. We just have to follow it now. It's much easier, I think. Definitely. There's someone that plays in Everton now, right? In the Super League. Yes. USL in Everton. Yeah, Aurora Galli. She's, she used to play for Juve. Yeah. No, and also that, that's crazy that only like, we only have, I guess, her right now. Yeah. She's the only Italian right now playing outside, like yeah. that I know of, but and that's that's one of the things too. Italians tend to stay in Italy and... I think that's a lost opportunity for growth. Okay. Why do you think Italians stay in Italy? Um, well, it's weird to say because if it, like, if you're like, if I had to think about myself, I think I don't really have someone following me that like knows how to speak English, like a manager or something that yeah. can send me, you know, that has connections. But I think the top, like the top uh, girls playing like in Juventus, I honestly don't know. I I really would like to ask them as well because I think that if they're so good here and they're like paving the way for everyone, and if I had the chance, I would totally go and see how it is in like France or England, you know, and just learn from them as well because you've obviously yeah. already learned everything from that you can from Italy. So I would, but I don't know why they don't go. Honestly, I guess the <laughs> language barrier is massive. The language barrier is always a thing with any country because it's, it's rather English or Spanish as the main to yeah. European uh, languages. But even from a, a home point of view as well, with the male team and with the female um, side as well, you'll see players being at one, two clubs in Italy for their whole career. But what it does, it brings a lot of attraction to that league. So that's what they've always done in, in the past with AC Milan, Juventus, Inter Milan as well, having some of the players that stay there throughout their whole career because it brings an attraction to the team. So for example having some of these great players at like Juventus's women's team, if they were to go to Everton or Reading or Manchester United in England, they just become another player. They're not really a superstar. They're not really there representing their nation as well as they could be if you're, for example, in Italy, learning more about the Italian trade as well. Yeah. It, for me, I, how I see it, it's more in terms of getting the better structure, like you said, Livia, earlier, about getting better coaches, getting better scouts, getting better physiotherapists um, into the league because that will end up um, developing the players off the field a lot more as well because like you've said before you can only do the so, uh, so much as you can do from the inspirations that you've had from the training that you get because you can always do your own kind of training elsewhere but that's not really the case in terms of for all the players in the league is it because they will have to have their own time they've got their other jobs to do they've got their family commitments their social commitments uh, commitments etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. So it's just more about getting that support staff better quality um, than what it was last year 
if you don't know already, Olivia, I'm a football coach, so I'm trying to promote myself to become a coach oh, in Italy. Okay, okay. I'll season. tell you, Bay, when I meet them, I'll Definitely. be like, I have a, I have a coach ready yeah. for you guys. Definitely, I'll get my Italian sorted. Rosetta, I was just going to say, it's all right. They all speak English in Juventus. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Even better, even better. But no, I really enjoyed how you described that as well, Olivia, because for me personally, that's how I see it in terms of a lot of players will end up staying in their uh, countries as well. Because even with the USA, they could have. Um, with the women's side of things, they're a lot more superior than the male side of things for a good number of years until probably the last two, three years when the male side has been coming up and above as well. And unfortunately, Italy didn't qualify for the World Cup this year as well. But with the Italian women's side as well, I don't think they're that far away from getting into like a World Cup or a European Championship as a genuine contender from the women's side as well. Have you seen much progression from that in the international level? Well, like for the women's side, you mean if they, yes. yes. Well, I mean, um, there was this, the, basically we all talk about this all the time in, in, uh, in Italy where the women's soccer blew up completely after the, um, the last world cup that was in, um, in France for the yeah. women's side for women's soccer and, uh, Italy, the male side didn't qualify for the world cup again, obviously. Oh, I more. love that. That was fun. Anyways, but the the great side of this was that everybody focused on the women team, and they were like, "Oh, look, our guys didn't make it, but look at our girls. Like they're they're going, they were doing good, and and they did because they finished top of their group stage, and then they went on, and then they, they lost to uh, the Netherlands in the quarterfinals. But that was an amazing result, and I mean. It was just, that was the year when everybody realized like, oh, wait, that's cool to watch women's soccer as well. Like we should do this. Let's, let's follow. And then all of a sudden, like there were all these male clubs joining in and then they did all these laws to like, Pat, they passed all these laws that forced all the male clubs to have like a junior like leagues, like sec, like for the girl, for small girls. So, I mean, from that on, then that just set it off. And I guess now there's going to be the, the European cup in uh in England and in England. I mean, we'll see there how it goes but I think like the team is doing well and we're now we're like in in the women's soccer we're considered like a really good team now so that's yeah. so good for us exactly and just in five years as well because you've yeah, got France crazy. you've got Iceland I think you've got Belgium in your group as well um in the summer as well Ooh. so that's gonna be great fun yeah I was just saying like what a group <laughs> yeah it's, it's, a, it's a tough group but. Group group of death, but no, it's just it's really good as well because there's so many. I don't know why Millie's laughing just randomly. <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> what <laughs> did I miss something, Millie? No, no, I was just laughing at the group. <laughs> oh, hey, it's a good group. I think it's, it, it is. Will, it is. It will be hard for Italy to uh, go through with that just like nine points out of nine. But no, they've yeah. done really well recently as well, and it's good to see. But um, how do you kind of see yourself going forward? Um, from the international point of view, are you in the international setup? Are you going to be getting there anytime soon? Because you're only what 24, 25, aren't you, Livia? So there's still yeah, I'm 25. I just turned 25 a couple of days ago, actually. Oh, nice! Happy birthday! Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, Sorry, you've had to come on this podcast as a present. <laughs> no, <laughs> my birthday's gone and passed. It's good. Um, okay. What was I going to say? Oh yeah, well, actually, um, I don't know what I will do because. Uh, next year we're turning like soccer's turning professional here in Italy. So and they're reducing the teams in the top league. They're going to be ten rather than twelve. Yes, thirteen. And 
so it's just going to be a whole new league and it's even going to work differently and teams are going to be completely different because many of the male clubs will be buying into like getting like other clubs that haven't been male like sided. I don't know how to explain. Yeah. And uh, so um, it's just going to be a whole different thing. And I don't know if I will get like make the cut into it, but I've been um, I applied for a master's degree in England and uh, I mean, I got in, so I'm going to see if I had get an offer here, if I go to study, if I try to find a team in England, maybe I'll be one of those Italians that go out of the country to play. I will see. I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) Brilliant. Feel like Giuseppe Rossi. I don't know if you know Giuseppe Rossi. He used to play for Manchester United and Villarreal, who is an Italian American as well, just like yourself as well. Wow. I don't follow soccer at all. So I haven't made it. (laughs) Yeah, he came from New Jersey, New Jersey to Manchester United, Manchester United to Villarreal. And he was in the Italian national team as well and captained them as well. So he is someone that again moved moved to England and did quite well in his future. If you need to research someone, research Giuseppe Rossi. I finally have an inspiration. Cool. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you have like really good inspirations at the moment in, in women's football in general. Because I wanted to ask you, because this is something I've talked to Millie about as well in terms of um, for women's football, how to grow the brand and how to grow it a bit more going forward. I thought we should kind of steal something from, in England, we have a, a game called cricket. It's a world popular sport, but it's big in England yeah, as well. I learned um, about it in Bender Lake Beckham. Oh, no. <laughs> everything's, everything's a benchmark in Bender Lake Beckham. At the <laughs> but no, for some of their like women teams and men teams in the summer when they play, they have like the women's game on first and then they have the men's game on afterwards as well. So it brings in more people, more kids as well. So it's the fact you still get the same crowd coming in, but you get a lot of people with like daughters and like nieces mm-hmm. coming in who are just like getting their first taste of football or soccer whilst they're watching women play as well. So I thought that would be a really good way of actually promoting women's football in kind of these leagues where they are just getting professional or they're not as big as what they are. And it works really well with like the likes of Juventus who play in the evening, Real Madrid and Barcelona who play in the evening as well. Obviously we had that Barcelona record breaking um, game a couple of months yeah. ago as well, which is incredible. Yeah. But I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. If you were to be playing, for example, at like the Stadio Olimpico in Roma before the uh, the men's team play or something like that, how would you how would you think about that? I think somebody's mentioned a bit, a bit of this sometimes, but they usually have this thing where like, oh, they don't want to ruin the field um, for the men's side playing afterwards. So they usually like completely deny access to like the big fields. But, um, but I just think they could do it like on TV, at least at the very least, like it could be like the couple hours, like this hour earlier or after the game. So like at least televise it at the right time, because a lot of times they put, for example, I think it was the, I don't know what it was. The um, oh, it's the Supercoppa, and mm. here it's the uh, I don't know what you, how what it's called in English, but it was a big match against the. It was uh, Juventus and Roma, and uh, they played it like same time as another male side game, and so none of like the supporters for Roma showed up because they were watching mm. their own game. So I mean, if you can kind of focus in the times on the right moments, then maybe people will watch because I don't think that many people are so opposed as we think to watching it at least from home maybe they criticize it on like social media but i think a lot of people would be like okay i'm I'm just gonna watch it like 
you know? So yeah. I just think you could do that, at least televise it at the right time. Because even with us in England, we have like three channels where everyone has access to as well. And women's football is on there quite a bit, which is quite nice. And you've got the highlight show as well in the evenings where you, if you've missed it from your day at work or school, you can catch up and you can watch it at the same time. So that's something that I think with Italian football in general, it would make it a lot easier because it's only going to benefit the athlete. It's only going to benefit the club even more as well. And it's going to benefit the future generations at the same time. So I think it's a really good way of fast-tracking development into some of these new, uh, the new fans coming into the game as well, uh, Italian women's game as well, which I'm really looking forward to seeing develop at the same time. Millie, have you got tickets for any of the Euros games in the summer? Yeah, I do. So, speaking of which, I have England, Austria. Okay. And I have Italy, France. Italy, France as well. I knew it was Italy something. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Crazy. Two good games. Definitely. Uh, so are you looking forward to the summer as well, Vivi? Are you looking forward to watching Italy play in, in the European Championships? Oh, yeah, yeah. I went to the World Cup when it was in France. I went to see Italy, Brazil, and uh, it was like, I don't know, best experience. I, I hate, I mean, I don't hate, I just don't watch men's soccer. It has no appeal. I guess it's not relatable to me or it's never been. Um, so I've never really watched it. And um, it was amazing to actually watch a game where, I was so invested in like, you know, I was this full supporter and I knew all the players and it was so fun. Like that'll be fun as well. You're in the summer, you'll yes. get to like text some of your teammates in the Italian national team as well. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. That'd be really good fun. No, it's just because I wanted to learn more about um women's football. And that's why we're kind of doing this podcast as well. Cause before it was just like Millie and I just having a chat with ourselves about mentality yeah. and development. But you thought, you know what? With the women's football coming up in the summer where everyone's going to be in, invested in in Europe why not try and learn from different cultures, from different aspects, what it's like in terms of um, how, what it's like in Austria compared to in Italy, what it's like in England compared yeah. to in France as well. And that's why I'm really grateful to have you on the podcast as well. But just to finish off the podcast, because we've got like five, 10 minutes left, I would say. We've got a few quick fire questions for you, Livia, as well. So right. hopefully hopefully you'll, you'll be okay with this. But I just wanted to know, first of all, what do you value more? Do you value peace of mind more or do you value self-discipline more so what would you if you had to have one trait that you focus on which one would it be and why wow that is such a tough question for me right now I think I think I've recent only recently really recently learned that peace of mind is probably where then you can you get all your the rest of everything from yourself so like even discipline I think it comes from peace of mind in the end so I think I'd choose peace of mind, but that's on my self-growth, recent recent self-growth. So yay me. No, yay me. Brilliant. <laughs> no, that's absolutely fantastic. Millie, did you have any uh, questions to ask Livia? Quick yeah, out. I've got one. I want to know, following on from that a little bit, I want to know what are your top three key qualities that a professional female player must have? What are three really important things that a professional female footballer must have? Okay. Um, You've mentioned two of them, by the way, as well. So you've kind of given us the answers already. So I'm looking forward to hearing this. Well, so um, I think you need to be, I would say competitive, like being competitive is top because there's only one way to get where you need to get. And that is being competitive, like towards yourself and others. But I think that drive is important. And then uh, I think for female soccer, 
it's very important to also know who you are and have a strong sense of self because so many things and people are trying to undermine you like on the daily basis. And so I think that's important to know who you are and to be strong about your own identity and knowing what you want, which is to play and to, to be better. Fight. Um, Next time you see them, just fight them. Just say, yeah. I know who I am. Doesn't matter. I'm better than you at football as well. At soccer as and, well. So. Yeah, crazy. Definitely. And the uh, third one, I would say, it's kind of hard. I think being like empathic in general towards like having empathy towards everybody else. That's, I think, something you need to actually to be a soccer player in general, male or female. I think you should be able to understand your your teammates and your coach, the staff, everybody around you, everybody who works with you, because it is, after all, like a team sport. And it's one of those things, you know, being in a group is important. So you need to uh, understand how to fit into that and how to bend yourself or not towards whatever happens around you. So I think those would be my top three. I thought <laughs> self-determination would have been one. Sorry to interrupt. I thought you mentioned self-determination and self-drive at the beginning of the podcast about how you yourself, without the inspirations in your day-to-day life, how you got yourself there. I thought that would have been number one. because That was my competitive one, though. I was competitive with myself, you know? And I mean, I guess you have to be determined to be competitive. So, but yeah, okay, that would be tying with my top one. We'll put a slash on there as well as number (laughs) one, which is really good. But no, I've really had a a fun time listening to you, Olivia, about how you've been talking to us about um, just football in general in terms of your mentality in general as well. And mostly about yourself, because that's what we really wanted to learn about in terms of um, how the person actually becomes the athlete, not just because you've got an incredible array of talent as a women's footballer in Italy as well, but the fact that you are studying at the same time, you do have common interests with other people, but you've kept it into yourself as well. You've, you've stuck to your individual qualities, which is what's really inspiring at the moment as well. And hopefully people listening at home will find this inspiring that you don't have to do things because of the sake of society or what your friends are doing or what your social circles are um, suggesting are better for you or worse for you as well and it's really it's really inspiring to hear that as well because if you were to have spoken to yourself 10-15 years ago and you're like you know what I could have been doing this I could have just been in a normal job I could have been working in an office type of thing but you're actually living the dream in terms of playing soccer that you really wanted to do and you're enjoying it and you're doing really really good stuff as well um but no nicely done Livia I, I really appreciate the conversation we've had today it means a lot thank you guys for having me it was oh, great. you're welcome Livia I've got one more question what's your right. favorite pizza pizza I have um, to get it in um like play, place or like ta- like taste like actual pizza like what's your favorite Italian pizza okay well it's called the diavola it's like devil oh. and it has a it has it's spicy it has like spicy uh, salami on it I guess no way yeah I why? have never heard of that pizza <laughs> it's like the most it's like if you go to anyone there's like margarita and then diabola like it's the number two but yeah it's spicy that's why I like it I guess <laughs> the best the best pizza I've had was in Milan uh, it was a margarita no way no, don't even don't even finish your sentence because yeah. that's not true <laughs> it is true it's, it's I, I had one in Rome Rome was quite no, nice no. as well no you need to go to Naples that's where it's at you need I'm to sorry. invite us to Naples as well then all right come on to Naples well. what's that's, the name Michele, Michele? the best pizza yes. Good job. I knew you'd say it. Wait, what is this? I've not heard of this. I've not heard of it. You have to tell me what it is. 
It's like this place in the center of Naples and it only has a, well, it's really old, but it only makes a, two types. So either just red sauce or red sauce and, and mozzarella cheese. Mm. And, and that's it. But like no words it's can explain best. because nothing anywhere goes close to what that tastes like. So it's not even, the rest isn't even pizza compared to that pizza. So just. That's fine. I'm looking um, forward we'll to go. it as well. We'll go. We'll go for part yeah. two. And Livia, Come on over. Livia can introduce us to her teammates as well. That she's like, oh yeah, I'm better than you at, at soccer as well. Because that would oh, be good God. fun. No, it's true. In, in these but, uh, Livia, thank you very much for your time today. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask you, is there anyone else you'd like to invite onto the Beautiful Mind game that you recommend we could talk to you that you would know as well? Maybe someone in the Italian national side, maybe a teammate of yours who can speak English that we can learn a bit more from from the women's game and from their own personal growth and development as well. Um, I have a couple people in mind, but um, not, not, not many of my Italian teammates can speak proper English, like to like, you know, have a conversation. Yes. There's probably, there's actually probably one girl that I have in mind that plays on, she plays on my team. She's Australian and she's on the, the national team. Her name is Ivy Luik. And, okay. uh, she has a great story and uh, to tell, and I think she's prof- truly a professional. So I'd recommend her. I mean, we've had Millie on the podcast. We've had a, a Danish footballer, Laura, on the podcast as well. We've had an Italian footballer on the podcast. So literally every single woman footballer I've spoken to whilst interviewing them, they all have great stories to tell because it's not just a linear way of, oh, I went to an academy, I got into the football team, I got oh, into yeah. the first team. That is it, so true, actually. Yeah, that, that's why I appreciate it a lot more because they have a lot more mental strength and mental, mental resilience about them to get to where they want to go, where for a footballer, it's just a linear path, just one way. With you, it's, oh, maybe I didn't want to do it this year. Maybe I wanted to focus more on my studying. Maybe it's because um, I enjoyed pizza a bit too much. I didn't really want to exercise or stuff yeah. like that as well. But yeah. No, we'd really appreciate it if you were to get in contact with um, your teammate from Australia and get us in contact with her as well, because that would be really fun to learn about this incredible story as well. But Livia, one last question for us before we wrap up the podcast. Sure. What's your prediction for Italy in the Euros this summer? Oh, wow. Um, Damn. I don't know. Depends, but... Gosh, I wish they'd make it at least to the semifinals, but we'll see. But that would be a, such a huge like achievement for them. So let's hope. Definitely. <laughs> I'd like it, it. Yeah, because def- it, it'd be one of those things where they'd come home to a hero's welcome as well. They'd get a lot more recognition at an international tournament for getting past some of the teams in their group and with the uh, knockout stages as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. how Italy do as well. And if you do know any any of these players that are, are playing, just send us I a do, message. I do, but... They don't speak English. No, no, not even that. Just just message it to us and to Millie and to myself and we'll be like, oh, I know that person. So I'll be like, oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah, so I'll be like, oh, yeah, I know about this person because of my friend Livia in, in Italy. All right, cool, cool. I will. Which will be fantastic. But uh, Millie, do you want to close off the episode for us? Yeah, um, just thank you again, Livia, for coming on. It's been really good to speak to you. It's been great learning about Italy again. I love it. And yeah, just really happy that you came on. Hopefully we can get you back on in the future. Hopefully sure, we meet in that. person in, in Italy where we can try this pizza. <laughs> yes, in front of a pizza. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Millie, that was an excellent podcast to record, to be a part of and to learn a lot more from Olivia as well because first things first, sometimes the word Olivia, the name Olivia slipped out because I have a mate called Olivia. So I was like, <laughs> sorry, Olivia, Livia, I got you both mixed up. But 
No, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed talking to, I think I said it on the podcast, really enjoy talking to women footballers because the fact that their pathway is never linear, it's never one way just going up. They've got different uh, goals every other year to focus on. They haven't got the best of support systems um, in the professional clubs and the same professional clubs as well. It's, it's really important to get that across to our listeners, I thought, and hopefully they would have got that across that. No two ways of a women footballer are the same as opposed to like being in the, the male side of things as well. But no, I really enjoyed that. What were your first initial thoughts on having Livia as a guest for us? Definitely, I agree with you there. I think when you mentioned it, that no two ways are the same, it really, I've never thought about it in that way before. But the fact that she, just to hear her story, you know, she went into her first girls team, women's team, when she was 14. Mm. Now, in the men's game, that's unheard of completely. And even in the women's game nowadays, it's pretty much unheard of. But the fact that she's done that, and she even took a year out of football, and now she's playing, competing professionally in the top division in Italy, it's amazing. Honestly, her journey is great. And it's so nice to hear, like you said, about the different culture, the different side of it, being an Italian footballer. um, Yeah, I mean, I love Italy, so I love hearing everything about it. I mean... Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I've never heard of that pizza, which I'm a bit disappointed about. When she said it, I thought, I have never heard of this. And I think I know every name of every pizza. I probably shouldn't say that, but I do. <laughs> yeah, but you just got me hungry during the episode. So that really annoyed me as well, because I'm like, I need to have uh, dinner at the moment as well. Which I am best starving thing. as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a long day. But no, I really enjoyed the fact you got uh, Livia on the podcast as well. And hopefully she gets one of her friends on that we can learn a lot more from as well, because... There's only so many stories to tell, and but we've got all the time in the world to listen to them as well. Looking forward to seeing who we have on next week as well, because the way that we've been learning from different people, from different uh, cultures, from different aspects of sport, even nutritionists, um, fitness coaches, whatever it is, athletes, it's been great. And it's only the beginning of what we're doing as well. So hopefully when this comes out, everyone will actually be learning a bit more about what we want to learn from these athletes, from these people. And realistically speaking showing that a lot of people if you put your mind to it if you have that self-determination that Livia does you can do it which will be great fun as well which will be really definitely good. definitely no I mean yeah I mean I've had so much fun so far on the podcast I've loved it and I think that I don't know there's so much potential for it there's so much room to grow with it and mm. also just to say it's not only like we've not only got athletes, we've not only got sports coaches, we've only not only got sports people. Anyone can come on. So if you if anyone's listening and you know anyone who's a brilliant person, there's a lot of brilliant people out there. We want to hear your story. You know, we go into all things business, all things mindset. Everyone's welcome. Like and like I said, there's so many brilliant people. Hopefully, we can. My aim is to speak to everyone. <laughs> Why not? We've just got, what, 8 billion people left to go. So we'll be, we'll be there in no time. We'll honestly be there in no time. But no, the enthusiasm's still there. We're loving it so far. We love the fact that everyone's given us feedback at the same time, which is great. Um, but no, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Do find us on social media, Friday Night Counterattack, Amelie Chandarana on social media as well. Do find us on Spotify on your preferred services as well, because the Beautiful Mind game is only going to grow more and more and more. We have had people, unfortunately, reject us, but we're like, if you want to reject us, it's fine. There's always someone else to tell us more about their life story, and we're appreciating the people that are coming on. So whoever's listened to our podcast and you've been on the podcast, thank you very much for taking the time out um, to, to speak to us, really. I genuinely appreciate it. It really definitely does as well. 
everyone thank you very much for listening take care and good evening